1: Good afternoon, everybody. It is Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope everyone is doing well, especially with what's going on in the outside world. In reality, everybody is buying up all the toilet paper, buying up all the hand sanitizer, buying up Raymond noodle soup, and preparing (laughs) for the worst. We are in uncharted territory. Hope everybody stays safe. Hope everybody stays healthy. We're going to continue to talk about rock music during that, this period, hopefully give you a little bit of an escape if you want to listen. Today, we welcome Stacy Forbes, one of my great Twitter followers to the podcast. How are you doing today, Stacey?
0: I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: I appreciate you doing this. Thank you very much. How are things in Boston with everything that's going on?
0: Well, obviously we're we're afraid here too. I mean I'm personally trying to not take it to the extreme. I, I didn't attack anyone for toilet paper, so I guess I'm doing all right. But, you know, it is a scary time, I understand. So I think, you know, we're I think we might be going a little bit over the top right now with it.
1: Toilet paper incidents has increased in the United States over the last week. Uh pretty much zero mm-hmm. percent toilet paper incidents prior to this whole coronavirus <laughs> that has spiked over three thousand percent—it's—it's it's amazing what what a pandemic will yeah. do. Right. It's just you know I mentioned on Twitter you know I'm I'm I live by myself I'm a single guy I have my son half every half uh, of every week I only need like six rolls for like two months that's all I need you know
2: mm-hmm. and they weren't lying
1: right. I went to the grocery store yesterday and there was. No toilet paper on the shelves at all. So mm-hmm. then I started to think, well, why don't I just stock up on Pepto Bismol or Imodium and completely <laughs> take going poop out of the equation? Then I won't have to worry about toilet paper.
0: You could but, do that. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but you could do it. Maybe
1: a short-term solution that might be doable, but it it, it did the thought did cross my mind. So. It would
0: be a different show Never it would know. Yes, yes mm-hmm.
1: Well, we always start the episode every time we have a new first time guest with the same question And that is the essence of the show Which is just like every rock song that has a hook Every rock fan has a moment that got them hooked on rock and roll Whether it's a band, an album, a performance, or a song What hooked you on rock and roll, Stacey?
0: Um, well, I, I, honestly, I'm from Boston, so Aerosmith was huge there. Um, and I, I don't know, I think I just have a lot of respect for those guys because I know that they struggled. I mean, obviously they're, you know, they're doing really well now, they're stuck for life, but there were times they didn't have food. I've watched a lot of documentaries on them. You know, there was times they didn't have food. They were sleeping in a van. They didn't have money. People didn't want to hear them play, told them that they were terrible. No, and I just, I like to see, like, the the little guy win. And, and, you know, they worked so hard to get to where they are. I mean, too bad that, you know, band members end up arguing and disagreeing, but they were an amazing band. And then, the, obviously, the band Boston came out um, of our area, too. So, you know, we have some history that I, I, I like to follow.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how people forget that, you know, I know Aerosmith has the big mansions now and all the cars and mm-hmm. you know the private planes and everything. But there was a time where they had nothing. And right, you know, when people complain about you know, oh these guys are rich and they they're they're greedy. Well, they struggled for a long time and they, they you know, and they they made it. They 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 got their ticket punched and right. It it doesn't bother me that all that all those years of hard work, you know they they do deserve what comes to them, you know they do deserve mm-hmm. the money. I mean, writing a hit song, writing a great song, writing a song that stands the test of time is a very difficult thing to do. And Arrow's, and they have multiple. So. Oh yeah, they have multiple, and those songs have affected people. Um, you know, they're part of memories of people's lives. They mean right. a lot of exactly. things to a lot of different people. So I always get a little put off when someone complains about the greed of the artist that, you know, right. these guys, like you said, I mean, they were, you know, they were living in a van. They didn't, they barely had any food and they kept, you know, they could have well, given up even but that. I, I mean, even...
0: Um, himself, actually, I don't know if you've ever watched any of his documentaries, but I mean, obviously, it took a mental toll on them, because some of them ended up with, you know, drug issues, and still have drug issues till this day, but um, if you see his, like, feet, like, I watched the documentary, and, I mean, if you've seen him in concert, he's, like, a madman, crazy, like, what he does. His feet are so distorted, like, I don't even know how that man walks today. (laughs) I really don't. So not only did he, like, you know, mentally take a beating, he physically took one, too. So it is rightfully his.
1: Yeah. I, I think a Paul Stanley as well, who's had, I believe, two hip replacement surgeries. Um, I know a lot. of right,
0: And he preserved his voice really well.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the last few years, you can definitely hear the slip in his voice. And I think, you know, that's a good segue into our topic. Which is how we as fans view the aging rock star. and how a lot of us get on social media or talk amongst friends about the way an artist looks, about the way an artist sounds, you know, whether it's a guitar player losing his technique, or whether it's a drummer not being able to play like he used to play, or you know, the singer is probably, <laughs> the one that gets most of the criticisms when people talk about how their favorite rock stars have aged. And I've always, I've always been disappointed when I hear or see people talk about that stuff because a lot of the people that do believe it or not have aged themselves. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we allow our favorite rock stars, our favorite musicians, even actors and and whatnot, to age. I don't. I don't think we want them to. And and
0: we we don't. We want to keep them in that safe bubble. You know, when we fell in love with them initially, and we want them to stay that way. Which you know, obviously, that's impossible. And the sad part about it is that that kind of pressure on somebody makes them do crazy things. You know, I mean, look at how many of of these rock stars that have had facial surgery and they end up looking like the Joker because you know Paul's family that's what happens they're they're trying to keep up with what they used to be instead of aging I don't want to say gracefully I guess because that's really a a woman's thing but letting them age like they should you know what I mean I kind of feel like if you know when you see someone who's aged their face tells a story because they've earned every every line on their face every wrinkle and we take that away from them you know, by pressuring them to be the same person they were 20 years ago. It's, it's, a, sad, it's a sad thought, really.
1: Yeah, and, and we also have to take into account what kind of lifestyle these individuals have led. Right. You know? I mean, we, we talked right. about Aerosmith starting from the bottom, being poor, living in a van, having no food, and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: getting that stardom, having, having that success— having every excess thrown in your face and then participating in a lot of those excesses Um, Mm -hmm. and that ages you even more Um, you know alcohol yeah yeah. alcoholism ages you drug use ages you and
0: Mm -hmm. you know and that's like I don't know if you consider Bon Jovi a rock star or not but his lifestyle from from what I understand from day one he's always stayed clear of the drugs and alcohol and he looks very much the same as he did you know 20 years ago i think but he took very good care of himself and he he was really self-disciplined whereas you know other guys the money kind of gets to them and they loosen up a little bit and then you you know connect with the wrong people who pretend they're going to be your friends and they drag you into something that you can't get out of and it's funny like that because you it's usually the person that drags you in they're not always the one that gets hurt by it the most, but then they're long gone. And then this poor person is stuck with a habit. It's really sad. But I, it happens.
1: I do consider John Bon Jovi a rock star. I know a lot of people that follow me don't, but he's a, he's, right. he's one of the greatest front men of all time. He's got one of the greatest voices mm-hmm. of that era, yep. but you're right. You know, I mean, different people handle pressure differently. Um, and some people get sucked into the excess like a Steven Tyler, like a Joe Perry. Some don't, like a John Bon Jovi, yeah. like a Paul Stanley, like a Gene Simmons. Um mm-hmm. you know, it all it's all how you handle pressure. And when you you have to write that next great song and you and you are trying to come up with the riff, you're trying to come up with the melody and you can't you sometimes think That's that, the worst. Yeah, and sometimes... Because
0: you can't recreate your first big hit, and no one understands that either. And then if you try to, it's too similar, and people are like, why are you rewriting what you already have? <laughs> They're set up for failure either way.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the people that gets criticized, and one of the vocalists that gets criticized a lot, is Robert Plant. And Robert Plant, I believe, right. is either at 70 years oh, old or, or close to 70. Yeah. And his voice mm-hmm. is nowhere near what it was back in the '70s when Zeppelin was in their prime. Um, in, right. in in large part because of the way he sang. He, I mean, he was you know he howled and he you know he had great range and he um, has one of the greatest voices of all time. He also right. did indulge in excess and. It's a combination of both where his voice is now. So people always want to see Zeppelin reunite. They want to see, you know, Zeppelin do one more gig or do a short tour so people can go see him. And he's always resisted that. And he's always given reasons, primarily because John Bonham was his greatest friend. And he just doesn't want to perform without him. It's been difficult in the times that he has. He also has stated. Right. They're,
0: They're actually on the road right now.
1: Well, he's on the road, yeah, as, as, his, as, as a yeah. solo artist. But, but you know, performing with Zeppelin, he doesn't need to do the stadiums or arenas anymore. He doesn't need to perform in front of 80,000 people anymore. He's over it. Right. And right. I also think it has a lot to do with the fact that he knows within the first two paragraphs of any review or the first two minutes out of any social media blogger who thinks they're a critic will mention his voice and mm-hmm. you know my feeling on it is anyone let's just say hypothetically zeppelin does reunite and people go see them mm-hmm. anyone who's expecting to see zeppelin from 1973 1975 their peak you know performing wise is just that's it's it's just not reality you know i mean how do you expect guys that are in their 70s to sound like guys that were in their 20s i mean this is 50 years from now you don't right. you know people who run you know you know do marathons well they don't do marathons the same way when they were 25 as they were if, if they were 60 you know i mean right. it's, it's just physically it's physically impossible to do it the same way i mean if you train basically the same way it's you just it just you just won't happen i mean Your voice changes over time, whether you realize it or not. Um, You do lose hair, you know. Your hair does thin out. I mean, so you're aging as a person. Why don't you allow the person that can perform, like a Robert Plant, like a Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler's voice, I think, is still really good. But why don't you, Mm -hmm. as a fan, allow that person to age and allow yourself to change your expectations? You know, I mean, why... Why say that after a concert? Well, he doesn't sound like he did back then. Well, no shit. he's not going to you know
0: well, the sad thing is that you know, I don't think a lot of people realize that some of those comments do get back to them, and it's it's hurtful. I mean, that's still human too. you know i've I've heard of a couple a couple little things that uh, people that I know that have posted I don't know on Facebook or on Twitter that you know they put some negative comments and literally like just just last week and I won't say any names but someone told me that they called they called out a singer online and he and he's like you know up there and he actually wrote back and was like listen mfr I will come to Connecticut on Smith road and I will split your throat like he was so mad over the comment I'm like he looked you up dude that's 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 heavy <laughs> but they do sometimes they do see what people are saying I mean that's got to be harmful especially when you're Held, you know, so high for so long, but, you know, nature's going to take its course, your body's going to age, that's it's what it is, you know, and it's sad because there are some people that didn't want to get old and just cost themselves because they, they wanted, you know, to leave that kind of, um I don't know, memory, legacy. Or, you know, yes, legacy, exactly, that's yeah. tough, I mean, that's that's a pressure that no one should have to deal with.
1: You're absolutely right. You know, I, I think that when somebody, you know, when we all age as humans, it's just human nature that we all do. And then when somebody goes and criticizes someone else, it's just low-hanging mm-hmm. fruit, and it's just so lazy uh, to yeah. find that part of that performance to criticize. You know I mean? Right. I, I, I've gone to many shows over the years, and I never – walk out feeling i got gypped because they don't sound like they sounded in their prime i go in Mm -hmm. you know wanting to see them and wanting to have that experience but i don't i don't ever say i'm kind of disappointed because he doesn't look like he did back in 1987 Mm-hmm. I mean, I I have never had that, and I just don't understand why people go with that expectation. You should go for the experience if you go see a band live. You should go to. Right, I love them.
0: to see uh, Stevie Nicks. Let me tell you that Stevie Nicks
1: yeah. amazing. Yeah, amazing. But, the, but the, again, there's a lot of people. There there's one YouTube blogger. Always one. There's one YouTube <laughs> blogger that. Sits there, and again, with a receding hairline, right? With George yeah. on and with his gut hanging over his shorts, okay? Okay, <laughs> and, and, and criticizes people like Stevie Nicks, people like um, uh, Tommy Shaw, people like Steve Perry, people like Robert Plant, over and over and over again because of the way they sound or the way they perform. And I'm just like, dude, are you serious? You're criticizing these right. people while you're sitting in your like bedroom with you know with your
0: chips on your chest.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and, and with, with
0: next to the bed.
1: Yeah. With with a tie-dye t shirt on, criticizing right. you know, these artists. I'm like, right. what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? Right. You're on YouTube constantly trying to monetize and make a living and you're probably making about five hundred bucks a month. 700 bucks a Mm -hmm. month maybe and you're criticizing guys that have toured all over the world have had songs that people still listen to today and you're criticizing Robert Plant because oh my god listen to him selling this why would you do that why would you criticize one of the greatest vocalists of all times at the age of 70 years old I mean it's just it's ridiculous and it's in it's and it's just annoying well not only
0: that I don't think people realize that you know, they sacrifice so much. I mean, because as you age, obviously, things start to go wrong in your body. And, you know, they force themselves to do a lot of these shows with overwhelming pain. And they, they muscle through it. But, I mean, I would give them respect just for that much. But, you know, then, then when, a, you know, after the show and they're getting, like, negative comments, it's going to be discouraging because, one, you're putting yourself out there physically. You're not feeling well. But you want you want to you know make your fans happy, and then you have little people like like Fat Harry in front of the computer with his chips, you know ripping him apart. It's sad. It is sad because I give them all the respect in the world for going out there, and you know because some 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 of these people end up having to scratch a lot of their dates because various health issues, but other others choose to just muscle right through it. You know, I mean look at look at Death Leopard. Remember um, what happened to that drummer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rick, Rick. People were
0: questioning whether he was ever going to come back, and he did. He did. But, you know, it's hard because can you imagine being met with that kind of skepticism? After that life trauma, now you have to prove yourself all over again. People are so quick to, you know, jump on that negative bandwagon.
1: And, you know, you have to give credit where credit's due, too. Joe Elliott, the singer of Def Leppard, has said, in many interviews, how there was no question that he was still going to be in the band and they were going to figure out how to make it work. And, mm-hmm. you know, how many people in just regular jobs or owners of companies, you know, if somebody lost a limb like that or whatever, and, and, you know, they wanted to figure out a way to keep them on in the company and, and not just let them go. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. And I've always admired Def Leppard for being that way. Um, mm-hmm. and you mentioned sacrifice, and I know probably some people rolling their eyes are like, "Oh, geez, what do these guys sacrifice?" They do sacrifice. They, you know, everyone sacrifice. They
0: do. They're yeah. from their
1: family. Yes, I mean, I mean, everybody has different sacrifices, and just because you sacrifice some things as someone who is in a different economic situation doesn't mean that they do. They don't sacrifice in their economic situations, and it's all relative. But it's not connected to. Yours, or your friends, or your family, or people you know, or people just in general. Everybody has their own sacrifice, and just to, just to dismiss someone because they're millionaires, right? They 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 still right. perform. They still have issues, just like you and I, and they still most of them came from nothing. So, right. I, I always caution people when they when they slam an artist for oh geez what do they sacrifice oh no they don't have a they have a smaller private plane. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about real-life issues. I mean, a lot of times we don't know about the health issues that a lot of these guys have because they keep it quiet. You know, I mean, exactly. no one knew that Lemmy had cancer until, you know, later on in, in in the final stages. You know, a lot of people didn't know Ronnie James Dio had st- – he didn't even know he had stomach cancer until it was too late. So a lot of these guys – you know, give up a lot of themselves for you, the fan. And I don't know right. when it became, you know, a, a series of judgments. I think a lot of social media and the internet plays into a lot of people feeling like they have to have an opinion on on everything.
0: Well, because everyone's brave right behind the behind the screen, right?
1: Right, right. I, I,
0: I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't think that people would be as verbal and as abusive. <laughs> The, these rock stars if they didn't have the opportunity to hide behind a screen,
1: oh, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that's 100% spot on. Everyone's got an opinion now. Like, even when I just run a simple poll on my Twitter feed of two songs, I
0: always, I always do your poll by the way. I just want to put that out there. <laughs>
1: thank you very much for the support, I appreciate it. But I always, there's <laughs> always once in a while, someone will post neither, they both suck. Like, why, like oh, why what made you want to Why did you yeah like why do you stop and answer? Just move along. You don't you don't have to tell me both songs suck. Just don't vote. You don't have to tell me neither right. um is none an option. Um keep going. Just, keep going. Really, just you, keep going. You don't have to comment on everything. You know, like mm-hmm. like I I've never understood why if you don't like something turn it off, click off the page, whatever, and move on. You know, I mean, I went and saw Chappelle the other night and mm-hmm. one of my favorite comedians. I think he's larger than life. I think he's incredible. And he has a no cell phone policy. So everyone's got to put a cell phone in their pouch or their own cell phone in a pouch and they got to lock it up and yeah. they can't bring it out during during the show. And in large, just, there's a couple reasons for that. One... I think it becomes more mis, mis, uh, mysterious about what he's going to talk about, and you don't know what he's going to say going in because you can't watch anything on YouTube. It doesn't spoil any of the jokes that, you know, you know you, you already heard already. So I think that's definitely one of the reasons. The other reason is, is because everybody wants to be offended now. So, you know, when he, he says a lot of stuff that could offend a lot of people, you know, and he doesn't right. want to get con- con- constantly criticized and constantly, you know, efforts to cancel him as we live in that culture now. So, I, you know, I think, I think that's a great tool to do that. But, you know, I, I, he got criticized for his Netflix episodes because some of the joke and subject matters that he did. And, yes, you know, I mean, some of them are very sensitive to some people, but my whole point is, like, if you're going to watch a Chappelle episode... You should know that it's going to probably go too far and you might be offended. And if you're easily offended, don't watch it. Right. You know, so right. I don't know. That's just, I agree. That's my opinion on it. I think, I think sometimes we're, we're quick to be offended. We always got to have a comment on everything. And how that relates to when an artist ages is that it's an easy thing to criticize them for being older. You know, it's – it's it, it, and never mind the fact that you've put on – or the person criticizing them has put on 50 pounds in the last 30 years and, you know –
0: We're looking like Motley Crue, I mean. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, but that's the other thing too. Like Vince Neil, like, you know, people get on and they body shame him for, you know, okay. being in the shape that he is. And let's, you know, let's kind of go back and look at Vince's life, right? He – Lost his daughter to a disease. His
0: tra- daughter, yeah, it was tragic.
1: He lost. He he was responsible for the death of one of his great friends, the drummer of Hannaway Rocks, early on in his mm-hmm. career. He's had other incidents of tragedy. One of the yeah. one of the uh, biggest comforts for depression is food and alcohol. And right. you know, right. someone that eats a lot, like when it, whenever you see a child that is overweight. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to say, but a lot of times it's because that child is depressed or that child is going through something and he's using food as a way of comforting them, you know? So, right. you know, when you look at Vince Neil and you see, you know, his status health-wise, I mean, I don't know if he's got any health conditions. I, I don't know, but it could be depression because the man has been through a lot. A lot of it has been his own doing. Let's Let's be fair, but... Mm-hmm. Depression is a real thing And you know when you live day to day Feeling guilty about things And wearing that hardship On your sleeve And yeah I know people have said That he's maybe not the most Greatest person to be around or whatever But that, that all ties in And it's not an excuse but for his behavior But he's seen some
0: stuff I mean, yeah. Imagine losing a child You're never the same after that No, You're never the same I don't care who you are or who your team is, you're never the same. That's a pain. I, I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah. So when I see the posts, you know, about him being overweight and making fun of him, I'm just like, you know, I, I mean, I, I I don't know. It's it's frustrating because I, it's it's so easy for people to do it, and people do it all the time. And you know, I just wish people. Well, would.
0: you know, what I have an issue with is. A lot of these, uh, you know, like I said before, a lot of these rock stars have that, you know, they, they feel so much pressure that they need to look like they used to look before. Mm-hmm. And they go so overboard with these procedures, like, that they're unrecognizable. I mean, at what point does a physician say, I'm not doing it? I know there's always going to be another physician right behind them and say, yep, I'll, I got it. I'll do it. But, I mean, at what point do you stop and say, you know what, this is just not healthy for you? It's physically, mentally... You're physically not going to be the guy you were 20 years ago, even if I can make you look a hint like that person. Like, and I do feel that because I feel like as people people that have medical degrees, they they should take some responsibility too. You know, it's just it's, it's promoting being unhealthy, basically.
1: One hundred percent, I totally agree. I, I, I think even even if you get into you know the plastic surgery side of it, you know, I mean, look at some of these. Strippers. Look at Guns and, and or, Roses. Well, I was just going well, to say, look at like porn stars and strippers with their boobs that are like thirty-eight triple G's. You know,
0: exactly. Who? I mean, like, who, who in their right mind thinks that's okay? <laughs> I mean, or I, look at Michael Jackson. I know he's not a rock star, right. but I mean, we changed the color of his skin.
1: I mean, yes, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, I mean, even well, Sammy Sosa, who's a baseball player. Look at him; he changed the color of his skin too, as well. But you know, like. You, you know you have these plastic surgeons who are all about the money all about you know making people look like freak shows and you know mm-hmm. when, you, when you see someone you know walking down the street with boobs that are bigger than you know your whole body it, it, it's not attractive <laughs> you 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 stare not because they're attractive you stare because like you think you're some you think you're seeing something not of this world like you're like like a circus act, right you know.
0: Um, <laughs> the freak show. I, I know. I know. Yeah,
1: saying. and in and, and it's it's crazy. I mean, you mentioned. I mean, look at. I, I don't want to name any actresses or anybody, you know. But but some actresses, you know, when they get like their face done or whatever, it looks like somebody just like you know pulled their face back. And stretched out their face, and it doesn't look good at all. It, it they look like it's a car- like the
0: Joker, right? They all look like a Joker. Yeah, they, they look like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Have have that, like, cartoon. yeah. yeah. But that's it's sad. Be- it is really sad.
1: But that's because of the acceptance of fans. Because you know, fans will. I mean, older actresses always talk about how hard it is to get roles. You know, once you hit forty, you know, it's, it's unless it unless you're well known. You know, unless you have a track record like a Meryl Streep, or um,
0: absolutely you know, you know,
1: you know, but but I'm, I'm, names are moving right now, but but you know, it, it's very difficult for them to get roles because the fans don't want to see an aging actress. You know, they want to see the hot new young actress, and that's not reality, people. You know, that that's just not, and 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 it's just. It is what it is, but it's hopefully if, if something ever changes in the entertainment industry, it's acceptance of people aging and it's acceptance of people do show signs of getting older. And it's okay as a society to have that. That's what reality is. That's the life that we live in. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe people don't want to accept reality. Maybe people, they want to live in that fantasy land. Maybe that's the, the, the issue at heart.
0: Well, you know the the other thing I, I think of often is how they how how we'll say a rock star handles not their downgrade, but like you said, accepting that they're no longer going to play sold out shows at seventy years old. I think of people like Madonna, who's who's extremely extremely entitled. Like she she still to this day feels like she is the queen of music, and who knows the last time she had something out, but. I've heard I've heard so many stories about her, and okay, so she's had plenty of plastic surgery, which is clear, and I don't knock her for that, but I do I do kind of question what her mindset is as far as new artists coming out because I feel like she she kind of looks down on them, you know, just like I mean I know I'm going off the rock star kind of thing, but like Aretha Franklin, like that they had a she had a beef with Mariah Carey because she's the queen of music. Like At what point do you accept that someone else is going to take that crown from you or take that? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I that's, see a a lot hard, of that's a hard thing issues. to give up for people. Not you know? that's
0: right. a, that's they a, just will not give it up. Hence, they go back and try to make themselves look like they were 20 years ago to hold on to it. Yeah, And then they get negative feedback. And I, I don't agree with the negative feedback at all. But I guess what I'm saying is I think there comes a time that you have to just accept that you're no longer number one. It, it happens.
1: Yeah, I think that's a hard thing to to you know, to accept as a performer, especially like a, an Aretha Franklin or a Madonna. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember the last time mm-hmm. Madonna had a hit song. Um Right. I don't know what the beef was between Aretha Franklin and Mariah Carey. Um, you know, I'm sure there's stuff that happened behind the scenes or or maybe there was I have no idea.
0: But Good little comments, like you know calling themselves the queen of top or the queen of, you know, and, and that's when, you know, the older generation stepped in like Madonna and Aretha Franklin was like, no, I am the queen. <laughs> like she was just not willing to give it up. But meanwhile, you know, Mariah's at the top of our game. It's like, you have to, you can't deny it. It's right in front of you. I mean, and that's got to be a tough pill to swallow too, which again, I think is why they go try to go backwards into time and, and get back, their youth, which we all know is impossible. And there's always little side effects from doing that too. I mean, mentally, you know, it 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 must take a toll on them because now they're feeling like they're not good enough. You know, they're playing small arenas. Maybe they're not selling as much as they used to. And then they have negative reviews or people poking at them. I mean, even though YouTube may be like a smaller, um, smaller way of giving feedback, it's not like uh, the Rolling Stones magazine, it's still feedback. It's still out there. Yeah, I think. You know, and yeah,
1: I, I think it's becoming more and more accepted. I think you know there there are music critics out there and music bloggers that have thousands and thousands of followers, and they get thousands and thousands of views on videos they do and blogs they do, and a lot of it though is clickbait. A lot of it is yeah. You know, let's what can I put in the title? of this video blog that will make people want to click on it. If I put something like Robert Plant isn't what he used to be or something that draws people in, they'll get more viewers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really drives this negative, um, this negative narrative of right. aging rock stars and not being what they were and criticizing how they sound now because they know a lot of these classic rock stars still have a huge following and people are going to click on it because they want to know everything about them or they want to see what's going on with them, you know, and it's sad that people make or want to make a living and can make a living off of making, Mm -hmm. making videos like that, making blogs like that. I think that's just a very cheap way and a very sad way to Dignify yourself, and and to. Now,
0: do you comment on those types of things? Do no. you go on and actually comment? No,
1: I do not. I I stay. I used to comment on things, um, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't anymore because I just think that you know, if you do comment on something that is against what everybody is saying, you know, like if if someone you're gonna get attacked, I get, I, I get a, <laughs> Yeah, you get attacked, and I'm just you know, I'm, I'm too busy in life to fend off attacks from people sitting behind a keyboard that I just don't even bother to comment, you know, every once in a while, something will strike a nerve where I'll maybe throw in a comment, but then I do a good job of like never going back to that video and never seeing if people (laughs) agree with me or not. I just leave the comment. I'm like, you know what? Boom. I don't even want to remember. I I did this.
0: Dump and run. That's a great strategy. It's the best strategy
1: because the only way you're affected by it is if you read it and if you don't read it right. you're not affected by it so you know why this is this is a little bit of social commentary and I'm going to get off a little bit on the on the on the subject matter but it's something I strongly believe in we all connect via social media you and i met on social media okay and right. we all develop yep. relationships via social media some are are very positive and i think most of them are pretty positive and there are some negative ones mm-hmm. um my whole feeling about the negative ones is that why if i'm living in chicago illinois am i going to allow myself to be affected by what someone says in tacoma washington or you know ottawa canada or miami florida or somewhere in in the uk if i'm never physically going to meet them if I'm never physically going to speak to them face to face, I can easily put and them I'm- out of my life by blocking them, by, you know, unfriending them. If it's Facebook or whatever, why engage with that? Because then you spend hours of your day going back and forth or however long it is and nothing is accomplished. It's it's it, and, and it's and it's ridiculous. It just goes on and on because everyone's got to have the last word. My feeling is, is if someone he's gonna
0: feel bad for these rock stars because you and I are on a different level. We're not rock stars, but I see people like Ice see He entertains every negative comment that's coming in.
1: I you yeah, know yeah. he's like
0: go suck a D or whatever. He oh, he does. he's like people just throw it at him, and I I want to write on his feed and say, dude, they're doing it because they're getting a reaction out of you, so they can yeah. tell people that you responded. Yeah. You know that's yeah. that's why they're doing it. You it's know, so mean, nevertheless.
1: if you if you follow people that are always talking about people attacking them and it's constant drama on their Twitter feed, there's a reason why there's a reason because they, right. they allow the drama to infiltrate their life and they push back on the drama and they keep feeding into the <laughs> drama. So I try not to follow right. people like that. I try not to engage in people like that, that just get off mm-hmm. on drama. And, you know, I've had a few experiences on Twitter where, you know, things, you know, people try to escalate things with me and cause drama. And I just wouldn't put that log in the fire Um, just because it's just simple. You're blocked. You're done. I don't want anything to do with you. Um, And my life has now moved on and now you can move on, too. You know, it's like it's why why do this thing with someone you're never going to meet? You know, as much as we have relationships with people on social media, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you disagree with me there. No,
0: no, I, I, I fully agree. Oh. It, it's hard because I, I, try to steer clear of that myself. Um, but I have, I feel like I'm pretty compassionate. So sometimes I get in the middle of things where I probably shouldn't say anything at all, but you know, I, there was an instance this morning where someone, someone made a comment, a very like, you know, simple comment, like, Women shouldn't take pictures of themselves and put put them out No, actually I'm sorry, it wasn't that one. It was um you shouldn't leave people on. If you don't have feelings for them, let them go. And it was it was really addressed to women. So a guy kind of went in and was like, That also goes for men. And someone like came back and like attacked him for it. He was like, We're talking about women, brah. And he was like, Well, brah, we're talking about men as well. Are you you're not numb to it, are you? But it got, it was getting heated, so I kind of tried to intervene and say, he's entitled to his opinion. I get, you know, maybe you have something going on in your personal life, but the big picture is he's also entitled to his opinion. And it—and then he wrote back, you're both rude, and I'm blocking both of you. Yeah. And I was like, "Please do, because we can't have an open conversation, obviously, so there's no need for us to continue. Like, I wouldn't feed into it after that. I blocked him before he even blocked me. When, but you're right. Yeah. That's what people out there feed off
1: of that when you have people developing so much drama on their twitter feed can you imagine what their personal life is outside of social media it's got to be exhausting it's got to be yeah it's got to be a train wreck i mean if you're on twitter Mm -hmm. and you have all this drama on twitter what is real life reality because if you have all this drama on social media and you have none in your personal life you wouldn't be on social media you wouldn't. You you would uh-huh. not. You would not pain yourself every day, or have that pain of dealing with the drama every day if if your if your life in reality off of social media was peaches and cream, you know, and, and you just wouldn't you just wouldn't do that. So when I see uh-huh. people, you know, complain like you know, making videos, that, you know, responding to people that are trying to do this to them or do that to them, it's like, you know, why do you? If you respond to them, you're feeding into it. If you do things, you're feeding into it. And I I yeah, won't it's, it's I won't engage hard. it.
0: What? I mean, I know I, I actually joined Twitter probably, probably back in two thousand eleven. And I, I definitely wasn't as active over the you know, the past five or so years, um, as I am now. But I was still kind of, you know, getting, my, getting used to it. I had been on for a while, and I actually came back in, like, January. I never shut it down. I just wasn't active. But I started to just engage in a lot of people, and I'm sure you know because you have a ton of followers. It's hard to keep up. It's, you have to adjust to try to make sure you're responding to people. You're not missing things. And I had said thank you to someone for I don't even know what, but it was, it was just something small, something of compliment and i was like oh thank you and they wrote back um i don't know who you are i wasn't talking about you but that's pretty self-righteous of you i was like what (laughs) i wrote back i'm sorry that was on my feed i i saw my name there like i i don't even know what the comment was but like why wouldn't you just say just so you know that was for so-and-so and like leave it alone but instead, yeah. they were like insulting me because I made a mistake. I'm like, you're so quick to attack. Yeah, you know why?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I okay. I I try to enact my policies that when somebody tries to create drama with me on Twitter, I either block them or unfollow them or whatever. Most of the time, block them, and then I never, I never post about it. Right? I never, I, I you know. I never want to keep it going, and not because right. you know, I'm afraid of something. It has nothing to do with it. I just don't see the value in keeping drama going with somebody that I am probably will never meet face-to-face. In my life. This person really has no significance in my life other than
0: the- Well, I'll tell you what. I did post after that because what I really felt like people need to understand is that like for myself, I hadn't been on Twitter in a long time, so I was a little rusty trying to get my way around and, and learn. But I was I'm still, I was still, you know, the learning early stages, so I did put it out there after the fact to let people know, like if you see somebody who's kind of bouncing around or if you see that they're, you know, responding to things that aren't meant for them, it's, it's, it's okay to explain it to them, but don't attack them, you know? yeah it's people, been years since I was on Twitter and I was like completely attacked for it I'm like it was a mistake I'm sorry
1: people always assume or most people always assume that the worst you know they always assume that right. you know they they never give anybody the benefit of the doubt anymore and you know when they do a lot of times people get burned and a lot of times people do get burned by people on social media. That's the other end of it Stacy is that right when, you know when you do give someone the benefit of the doubt and you do you know develop a a somewhat of a friendship with somebody sometimes they 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 act or they end in in dramatic fashion you know somebody isn't who they say they are or someone isn't what you know what you think they are and you discover that and everything has been basically a lie so so people do get you know have that have that burden of proof unfortunately and people sometimes Assume the worst because of prior experiences, but again, I, I very few times have I enacted or, or engaged, I should say, in drama on Twitter. For and, and a lot of times, mm-hmm. if I do, I'm like, I'm like, I and I'm in the middle. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm just deleting this whole thing. Like, why am I engaging in this? You know, right. Like, what, like what, right. what, what, what am I gaining from it? What? So people can see that I, you know, that I can argue with the best of them, or whatever. It doesn't matter, you know, or most, most people think I I probably look a fool, you know, like, like, you know, so it's just not, you know, not important, but, you know, getting back to the topic of what we were talking about, that all plays in, right. That all plays in, in the social media commentaries Mm -hmm. that everybody has their own Facebook page, their own Twitter feed. They become their own critics. They have their own opinions. They got to have an opinion on everything. And unfortunately, two phrases are no longer in people's vocabularies now. And that is, I'm sorry. And Mm -hmm. and the other one is, I didn't know that. You know, Mm -hmm. like people on social media very rarely ever apologize for for something they did. And people on social media very rarely say, hey, I didn't know that. That may change my opinion on something. And, you know, that's the dangerous part. And when it gets to the point where... You know, people are talking about how people sing, how people sound, how people look 30, 40 years, 50 years after their prime. It's kind of like, I don't know what you're expecting. I don't know what you think. You know, did they, you know, did they go in like this freezer container for the last 50 years and they were just let out and they look exactly the same? You know, some kind of like science Well, you know the other novel.
0: aspect of that? What about their... What about these rock stars that have children that see those comments? I mean, imagine how they
1: must feel. Yeah, I have to imagine a lot of rock stars kind of tell their children, stay off social media. I mean, you know, I imagine a lot of children probably get followers on Twitter just to criticize their father or mother or or, or whatever. You know, can you imagine that being like 16 years old, 17 years old, being on Instagram or whatever, and you've done – Nothing wrong. All you are, you're the offspring of a major rock star. And you got to deal with right. bullshit from people you don't even know criticizing your father and then somehow criticizing you. And they don't even know you. I mean, you know, just because. Yeah,
0: you know, and that's funny that you bring that up. When Tom Petty had passed away, his poor daughter, was, I mean, I don't want to say verbally attacked, but people were just pounding out of her Twitter feed. You know, your, your dad was a fanatic, did he overdose, like didn't even give that poor girl any time to grieve. It was heartbreaking watching it. It was really, really rough. Yeah. You know, it's tough it's for people to show compassion when they aren't, you know, in front of someone. They're behind the screen, so they, they think they could just dig and dig and dig. That poor girl was having a breakdown. She just lost her dad. And then there's all these people throwing at her your dad's drugs. He was a drunk. His time was coming.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. dad. sad.
0: It, it, and that's my whole, you know, that's that's
1: the whole point, you know, or one
0: of the points of this
1: episode is, why do that? What what are you gaining from attacking someone, you know, and saying those hateful words? You know, it's like, it's it's, why does that need to be done? What does that make you? How does that make you feel? You haven't done, you haven't. The only impact you're having is you're just made someone who just lost their father. And yeah, maybe their father had some issues, maybe they've you know had some demons, right? Let's face it. A right. lot A lot of us do. Sometimes it's not heroin. Sometimes it's other things. Right. And, you know, right. it's, it's, it's pick an option, you know, is it, is it whatever it is. And you get online, you get on social media and your first thought is to go attack the daughter who just, I mean, what kind of person does that? Like what, like what, what are you doing? You know, I mean.
0: Yeah. I mean, she was begging people. I, I mean, one of the posts that I had read, she literally was begging people. She's like, please just stop. And she did a video. And she was literally breaking down, begging people, like, just please stop. Because they were doing everything they could to reach her, whether it was Facebook, Twitter, going to our house. You know, and it was, she was she was suffering. I mean, you could see the pain. And I don't know how people can live with themselves, you know, when, when you see someone hurting like that. And then you're just coming at them. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's just no good reason for it.
1: What is happening in that person's life that they feel like they right. need to do that like what 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 has happened up until that point where you feel the need to go attack a young woman for the loss of her father i mean
0: yeah. and he was a legend i mean yeah really? well i mean yeah, he he was
1: a legend he's one of the biggest rock stars of all time, probably I think I read somewhere where his songs are the most played on on terrestrial radio you know so mm-hmm. you know yeah. m- most requested songs or whatever but like what what do you gain what how, how does why I mean maybe you do it as a joke I mean I know there's people that like to troll and do that which right I, I think those people are like the bottom of the barrel in society anyone that thinks that going on social media and trying to upset people is a funny thing or whatever Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't see the humor, you know, I mean, like we just talked about Dave Chappelle. I find the humor in Dave Chappelle. I don't find the humor in trolls. I'm sorry, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any, you know, just trying to be a a basic online dickhead basically is what you're doing. Um, Right. So it's, it's in it, you know, it's the equivalent to bullying and everything and, and, and all that goes into it. But yeah, it's just a sad state of affairs that you have a lot of people that feel the need to comment on every on everything, feel the need to make their opinions known, believe that their opinions are fact. They don't know the difference between an opinion and a fact. Um and then just, you know, criticize someone who's still performing 30, 40, 50 years after their peak and not accepting it. You know, not believing, you know, that they should be performing or or if they're performing at that level, they don't sound like they did, and critiquing them, I mean, I don't know. I mean, didn't everybody learn when they were younger, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all?
0: I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think as each generation passes, that seems to fade more gets, gets and more. It gets watered and down. And more, you know, <laughs> hence the no filter, you know? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's sad. It is. It's
1: sad. Now it's now it's. If you don't have anything nice to say, post a alias. Post as an alias on Twitter and belittle whoever you want to belittle. Right. You know, but yep. No, it's it's um it's a real thing. I mean, we see you know a lot of these classic rock bands keep touring. Whether it's ACDC, whether it's Aerosmith, Rolling Stones, they're not getting any younger. They're still performing for us. My advice to everyone that is a fan of those bands is to keep enjoying their music. Go see them live. Enjoy the right. experience. Don't go with the expectation that you're going to see what what it, what they were in the '70s or whenever they peaked or whatever you know great period they they produced their their greatest hits or the greatest songs or whatever. Just enjoy it. Go as a fan, and right. you know, and if you don't like the band or if you don't think that they're worthy of seeing live, you don't have to comment. Not everything needs a comment. Sometimes you just see a tweet and you keep scrolling. It's pretty simple.
0: Right. I I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. It's just a grim reality that, you know, it comes to that. Because they are human. I mean, granted, no matter how much money they have, they still breathe the same air that we do.
1: They do. And And they age just like we do.
0: Some age better.
1: Some don't. You know? Um, right. I mean just, no. We just have okay. we just have to accept that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We agree. You so, know, and hopefully that as as they age, I, I I don't think that there's a whole lot that I hear um speaking out about that. You know what I mean? I mean like I said, obviously like there's um I see that's constantly fighting people online. But, you know, for the most part, I, I don't think that they really acknowledge it, even though they know it's being said. They don't, I don't hear a lot of people coming out. Like, actually, John Mellencamp, I did hear something about him um, addressing that his voice had, you know, drastically changed and, you know, that he was really hurt by it, by some of the comments that he heard people saying. But for the majority of them, I don't know if it's because they're they're thick-skinned or they're just, you know, going to put it out of their mind, but they, it's not really addressed too much. You and I see it because we're, you know, on social media a lot, but I don't, I don't, I mean, do you hear of them speaking out about it often? I
1: think a lot of people do, do one of two things. I think they practice not responding because responding only gives credence to the people that troll and comment and do that stuff. And they don't want to acknowledge them because it'll, it'll elevate them, you know, so I think a lot of them practice that. And I also think a lot of them, you know, especially the bigger the star, most of them have people running their social media platforms, so they don't even see mm-hmm. it themselves because they're so far removed from it. And their management, mm-hmm. their managers or whoever, their, their 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 handlers don't allow them to go on social media and see that stuff. I mean, some do, but I think for the most part, a lot of them, don't want to do it Well because- I think that's
0: true for the older generation like the you know the the rock stars that are in, in their 70s at this point. but if you look at the younger generation, I mean I'm not I'm not too familiar with um, I know there's a few Asian groups out there that they had one or two of their own you know members up their fans like off themselves because of social media comments like that. A lot of the younger generation right now is affected by that. I mean, Aria Grande, Mm -hmm. I mean, look at her. Having, like, mental breakdowns and needing counseling. And a lot of it is based on the social media. So I think maybe the older generation handles it much better. I mean, I don't know why that is.
1: Well, because they didn't grow up with it. I think a lot of the younger generation has been connected with it for so long that it's become a part of their life, and it's harder for them to give up. Whereas a guy who you know, is in his 40s, 50s, and 60s and beyond, they didn't grow up with it. So, they don't find it as important as the younger generation does. You know?
0: Yeah, it's sad. that. I mean, a lot of these young girls that are singing, they they get a lot of negative feedback. I mean, but they also feed right back into it by commenting.
1: Yeah, you feed into it, it you elevate it, the people, you, you give them more attention. And I know it's hard right. because a lot of times stuff is very hateful, but you just got to stay away from it, you know. I mean, you got to have your, you know, your managers or your handlers do all that stuff. Maybe have like your your private Twitter feed where it's just your friends and people in the industry who you want to surround yourselves with, and you lock it and you don't allow people to infiltrate it or follow you. Maybe that's the solution, but um, it's difficult because people people just sit on their computers all day and they will just. Say some of the most hateful things you know while they you know sit unemployed, not working and not vacuuming their 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 carpet so you know like right, are, like right. they're like their house is just an absolute shambles, and here they are constantly on you know Twitter you know criticizing everybody under the under under the under the sky and and uh you know their life is just like broken and in madness themselves, and and maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe people feel miserable about themselves. They got to try to make other people feel misery and and and, and share that misery.
0: What do you what do you think the the solution is? Do you think it will ever resolve or dissolve? Um,
1: I think we're past the point of no return. I don't think it'll ever change. In fact, I don't, I think it'll get worse. I think as people grow up in this generation, I think it'll just. Become more and more. I don't think it'll ever end.
0: Yeah, that's too bad.
1: Yeah, no, I think. Uh, I
0: actually was reading an article on um, Jerry Cantrell.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy from uh, the guitar player he's from dead. Alice in Chains.
0: Yeah, he was, it was sad reading it because he was basically saying, like, it's lost on the public that he's human and as much as he wishes he could turn his own emotions off, can't. And it gets really tiring, you know, mentally for him, having to answer questions that he doesn't want to answer. I mean, would you go up to a complete stranger and ask them about their drug problem or their alcohol problem?
1: Yeah. But
0: other people will do it to these people. You know, it's sad. It's sad.
1: One of the things that we are going to be covering moving forward starting in April is the mental health and the, a recent study that was done by, I think uh, it was Princeton University about uh-huh. um, mental health and in, in depression in the music business. And I, uh-huh. think it's, I think it's a very important topic for people to hear and people to um, engage in because I think it'll shed a light on a, a lot of what these musicians and these rock stars go through. Um, that maybe you don't understand or people people don't understand um, you know the amount of strain it is on on the brain and how a lot right. of things how a lot of these artists end up in depression and unfortunately a lot of them taking their you know take their own lives um, but a lot of them deal with that and a lot of them don't get help either you know they're on the road they're touring they're making music they don't allow for themselves to get mentally healthy and it just ends up in right. a wicked, you know downward spiral a lot of times and drugs get involved and a lot of times that clouds their judgment they get into other things and you know that's something that I think is really important it's something that a lot of people in the music business don't want to talk about but um, you know we're going to be talking about it a lot as we move forward with this podcast because I think it's really something that people need to know need to hear about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm glad. I mean, as far as today's day and age, we're talking about it more and more. Where, you know, a couple of years back, that was something you just didn't talk about. No. And now it's so prevalent that that you can't you can't not talk about it. It's everywhere, and it, it actually affects everyone. Whether you're a rock star, whether you're a, a doctor or a nurse, or, whether you don't work at all, it 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 hits you somewhere.
1: Absolutely, it
0: does. I'm so i'll look forward to that for sure
1: well yeah i, I look that'll be coming a first episode about it will be coming in april so i've been kind of working behind the scenes here over the last month to try to learn more about it kind of dive into the subject matter and educate myself on it and kind of know what the study was about and the and the questions they use and who they polled and all that stuff so that's coming i think hopefully people will find it interesting and people will want to have more understanding on, on the subject So I hope people I hope it resonates with people
0: Yeah exactly exactly.
1: Well Stacy, Thank you very much for doing this Once again everybody Stacy Forbes from Boston Massachusetts You a Red Sox fan
0: Of course I am All right. I went to Hollywood Boulevard And I came back with a Red Sox tattoo On my butt <laughs>
1: well, and yep. I'm sure you're not the first one. Top. I'm sure you're not the first one that's had you know done that. So um but uh actually I I, I love the Red Sox they're my second favorite baseball team behind the Cubs. So um lo- okay. Lo- All lo- right, that's fair. Lo- love Fenway, been to Fenway. Um first time at Fenway experienced the Yankees Red Sox game. It was quite the experience. And uh I saw I someone bet. I saw someone OD in Harvard Square, which was oh inter- yeah, which was interesting <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, it was. I've uh, done a
0: ton of work down there. We did Patriots Day right around that area. Really?
1: Harvard Square. Okay. Yeah. I, I did the Harvard tour when I was in Boston a few years back. So.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was it was a good time. It's a good time. So. How
0: did the parking door down there, or did you take a bus? Uh, I did a lot of, lot
1: of. I, I didn't do any driving in Boston. I did all public transportation. So
0: good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm
1: like, you know, I'm
0: it's like, kind
1: of yeah. I'm like, I don't know where the hell I'm going. I don't know where, you know. So I'm like, you know, I'm just taking the subway here oh. or or whatever there, and
0: we'd we'll let you know. <laughs> we'd be sure to let you know you're going the wrong way. Get out of my way. <laughs> oh, Chicago's
1: the same way. You know, I mean,
0: we use a lot of sign language.
1: We, we we are we were voted the worst drivers in the rudest drivers in the us.
0: I watch that list all the time. I'm not proud of it yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I t- I, I, I am a, I am part of of that list. i I engage in the rudeness
0: <laughs> quite I, often. I, I, I shamefully I do
1: too yeah. I do too. so well, hey, thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Once again, Thanks Stacey, for having
0: me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm glad we finally did. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and I'm glad you came on and and uh, allowed us to have the conversation. I really do uh, do appreciate it.
0: Yes, it's an important topic to cover for sure.
1: Yes. Well, I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope everyone has a great day. We will talk again soon. Take care.
0: (音楽) So